What's going on, everybody? How are we doing out there today? My name is J.D. Junkins, and I am the host of SEC Saturdays. Man, we got a good show today. We got a lot to talk about. A lot of, lot, lot of great things happened over this weekend, you know? I mean, there was so there was so much that was going on, you know, like... And listen, I got to be honest with you guys. I I picked the best teams that I thought were going to were going to do it for me. That were going to be able to go in and win their games. Going to go be able to go in, win their games, do everything that they were needing to do to win so that if you guys are like me, you guys like betting a little bit on college football, they would have won. But this was the weekend of so many crazy outcomes and so many upsets and so many things that that we just didn't I, I just didn't see coming. Just didn't see coming at all. So that's what we're going to start off with. Like we do every week, we're going to start off with our we're going to start off with our weekly review. I mean, <laughs> this last week was so crazy. Out of every game that out of every game that that we saw that that was was coming up, I mean I picked I, I mean I picked most of them wrong. Now I have I have a buddy that 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 you know does this stuff prof- that that you know runs a book and does a bunch of other stuff professionally. I mean that's what he does for a career. And he he called me and told me he said man. The outcomes of this weekend just blew everybody away. And so so with that being said, let's get into the first game that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Auburn and South Carolina game. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because there is some stuff I want to kind of jump into. Um, there's some stuff I want to jump into in our next segment about Auburn and, and everything that's going on there. Um but let's let's take a look at this. Now you've got Will Muschamp, the former defensive coordinator at Auburn, right before he took the uh, you know after he got fired from Florida, goes from Florida to becoming the defensive coordinator at Auburn, and then taking the job at South Carolina. Now, what happened? I mean, what, what, I mean, this, this should have been, you know, South Carolina is, I mean, yeah, they've got some talented guys. They had a lot of guys returning. They had, you know, they have a really good D line, really good. O, I mean, but, you know, but the strength that's in Auburn's offense sh- should have, should have taken that game, should have taken that game hands down. I mean, sh- they should have, you know, they should have at least, I think I called it. I think I called it. You know, Auburn minus ten on that one, and I definitely think that that Auburn should have definitely taken that by ten. I mean, they they had the opportunity over and over and over again, and I don't know. Just Bo Nix, just just he he buckled under the pressure. I mean, it's it, you can't say that it that it was you know the fans because well hell, there's not that many fans there. You know, due to COVID right now, we we're 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 in a we're in a day and age where there really is no home field advantage. It's just you're traveling there. You know, there's what you know, 
a lot of the stadiums are only allow, allowing, you know, 20,000 fans and they're six feet apart and they're spread out unless you go to Georgia and there looks like there was like, you know, 40 or 50,000 fans there a few weeks ago. You know, I mean, it just it just seems crazy. And so you can't really say that it's it's home field advantage. But let, let's let's take a look at this total yards. Auburn puts up 481. 481 yards. Bo Nix passes for 272 yards, and they still lost the game. They still lost the game because of so many mental errors, so many mistakes that 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 Auburn put out there. A lot, you know. Um, see, you got you got Bo Nix threw for three interceptions. South Carolina was able to capitalize. On all three of those of all three of those interceptions, they were able to capitalize on all of that rushing yards. Auburn put up two hundred and nine rushing yards. South Carolina threw for one hundred and forty four yards, rushing one hundred and fifty three yards. And South Carolina made less mistakes. They had one turnover, five penalties. Auburn had nine penalties for 89 yards. I mean, I remember I was sitting there watching it. There was a lot of pass interference calls. There was a, I mean, there was a lot of hold. I mean, there was some holding. I mean, it was just a, a lot of mental errors that went in for the Auburn football team. Now, listen. I mean, these these are things that you got to learn from. You got to grow from. You got to get better at. These are things. This this was a South Carolina team that knew to look for the trick plays because Muschamp knew it because Muschamp coached there. This was a team. This was a team that that Gus couldn't come out throwing you know doing his his wacky high school football his wacky high school football plays. You know you, you can't line up. On the on the on the weird the weird kickoffs because Muschamp knows what to look for. He I mean, heck he 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 coached with you. He was right there. He was probably in the in the in the in in the. <laughs> he was probably there at the drawing table, helping Gus write him up. So, here's here's one that blew blew my mind was Tennessee versus Kentucky. Tennessee Tennessee should have won this one. You have a great coach in Jeremy Pruitt. And you have probably one of in my opinion one of one of the biggest defenses in the SEC East in Tennessee. Had a lot of guys returning this year. Tennessee should have been a. I mean, Tennessee should have should have been a powerhouse. They should they should have they should have walked all over Kentucky. Kentucky having a a returning quarterback in in Terry Wilson, who's coming off of a off of a season ending injury last year, only got cleared. I, I think I read it. He he gets cleared in in, in May or June of this year, 
They finally clear him. They say, all right, you're good to go back to playing football. I mean, he's rusty. And he walked all, walked all over him. Now, Tennessee, now, Tennessee also, you know, actually, I'm going to take that back because, because, um, Terry Wilson sat on the bench a lot because he was resting because the defense did a lot of the work for Kentucky. You look at these yards, 107 passing yards from, from Kentucky. 107 passing yards, 13 of 16 completions from Terry Wilson. Through zero interceptions. Tennessee, between the two quarterbacks, they put in, uh, you know, they started uh, Garantano and then they, they put in the backup after Garantano kind of got a little rattled. They threw three interceptions, and two of those were pick sixes. And a fumble. I mean, Tennessee, you can't, you know, I mean, yeah, Garantano fumbled the ball. You've got you've got to stay on top of this stuff. I mean, if you you know, I've I said I'm pretty sure I said this last week. This is exactly how I treated Garantano last year, all 2019 season. Everybody's talking about how good he is, how this, that, and the other. I've said he's over he he is overrated. He 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 does this rogue thing. I mean, if you guys remember last year when Jeremy Pruitt grabs him by the face mask and tell and you know, pulls his face mask and says, "Look at me because you screwed up." And that's exactly what happened. Here, here we go again. This guy is, just, he's just, I mean, what's the point of, of you keep starting this guy if, if, you keep, if you're going to lose football games? It's time to move on. If Jeremy Pruitt could listen to this podcast, I would tell him right now that this, that, that it's time to move on to a different quarterback. You've got the defense. You've got the defensive mind. You need a quarterback who can who can who can execute, man. I mean, Tennessee is not. Tennessee should not be this. Tennessee should not have lost this game. They should have been able to go into Kentucky, not make all these mental errors, all these stupid mistakes like they did the week prior. Turning the ball over, fumbling the ball, making you know, what was their um. They had six penalties for 63 yards. Kentucky had one penalty for 10 yards. One penalty. I'm pretty sure it was a, it was a it was like a holding call. Kentucky rushes the ball for almost 200 yards at 187 yards. Tennessee rushes the ball for 175 yards. I mean, where Tennessee Tennessee had has they had a lot of guys coming back for their senior season. A lot of returners, a lot of veterans on that, especially on that defensive side. I mean, I remember I remember seeing things from the beginning of the season stating that they that that Tennessee should be should be the one giving everybody the most trouble on their uh, with defense because they had so many starters coming back. 
I mean, does you know at Tennessee is it time to call for a new defensive coordinator, or do we, or do you let Jeremy Pruitt call the defensive calls? Because his defensive scheme, his defensive plans are always aggressive. They're always hard hitting. You know, I mean, you look at at, at, at every other coaching when he was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. He was he was defensive coordinator at Alabama. You look at you look at the defense that 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 those teams had under him. They were aggressive. They were hard hitting. They were they were balls to the wall. They they took. I mean, they took no prisoners. And now this defense is playing soft. They're, you know, they're they're making a lot of mental errors. They're letting they're letting you know they're not they're not playing man. They're not they're not covering their not covering their man. They're I mean it, it's ridiculous what's going on. Kentucky walks in. Kentucky probably I mean Mark Stoops has has now got a great chance. To potent, to potent, I mean, I'm not going to say he could potentially win out the SEC East because I don't see that. You know, I don't see him being able to beat. I don't see them being able to beat uh, uh, Florida and 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 win it out. Don't I don't see that at all. But, well, I mean, Mark Stoops should have. You know, I mean, Mark Stoops was coming to this going. You know we're coming off we're coming off of a win last week over Mississippi State. Only let them score two points. The first time in Mike Leach's his or, or coaching career that he never scored an offensive touchdown. I mean, man. Moving on. Texas A and M and Mississippi State. You know. Mike Leach has got to do better. Got to do better. You coming in at fourteen to twenty-eight total yards. Texas A&M comes in at three hundred twenty-five, one hundred thirty-nine passing yards, rushing uh, one eighty-six. Mississippi State coming in passing at two hundred and nineteen, with minus two rushing yards. Mike Leach, you got to do better than this. You got to get a you got to get a running back who can actually run the damn who can run the who can who can run the damn ball. That's exactly what you got to have. You got to have somebody that can get in there and that can be aggressive and not just sit back and take it and take these losses, take these hits in the backfield. You've got I mean, this isn't the Pac-12, man. This is the SEC. This is where <laughs> this is big boy football in college. That air raid scheme that you're running, man, we got you figured out, and it's not, and and, and it's every SEC team that you're gonna play. Yeah, you beat LSU the first week. After that, you hadn't changed the game plan since. KJ Castillo gets hurt, goes down. You put in your backup. He comes back out later on. I mean, there was at one point where it, where the the camera panned over after uh, Castillo threw a pick. And um, I mean, he looked—he looked like he was about to start crying. He looked like he was about to start—he was about to break down, and start crying on the side on the sideline because there was just so much. I mean, there was because there was just there. It's like all hope was gone in him. All hope was gone. I mean, 
You throw for 219 yards. Yeah, that's pretty decent. But you, I mean, this is the guy that threw for 600 plus yards, 663 yards against LSU. Now, does this? How bad does this make LSU look that you lost to this, like to these, this team? I mean, how bad? I mean, like you know. <laughs> I mean, this is this is bad. This is real bad. In fact, this is kind. Of, I mean, this is really actually kind of pathetic. Texas A and M, Kellen, uh, uh, you know Jimbo Fisher, Kellen Mond, all these, all these great uh, uh, Spiller. Uh, you know, it's a running back. Kellen Mond, decent quarterback, gonna be gonna be a backup in the NFL, maybe on the practice squad. Probably never gonna see the starting starting lineup ever. Um, you know, coming out of the IMG Academy, this guy's a senior. This guy, you know, he he gets by. He's he's nothing special to write home about. You know, everybody tried to compare him. Oh, this guy's the next Johnny Manziel. Now, I mean, look, there are so many colleges out there. There are so many colleges out there that, you know, you get one Heisman Trophy winner, you get one guy that knows how to play decent, and then you compare everybody to him. Auburn, everybody, every time I hear, this guy's the next Cam Newton. Man, stop comparing your quarterbacks and stop comparing your 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 current your new players to old players. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it's getting to the point where you know, every time that I hear someone, you know, every time that I hear Auburn gets a new quarterback, man, this guy's gonna be as good as Cam Newton. Nobody's gonna be as good as Cam Newton. Cam Newton was Cam Newton. Bo Nix is Bo Nix. Uh, oh God, um, Jeremy Johnson, biggest flop. Biggest flop at quarterback in Auburn history. Everybody's like, oh, this guy's going to be the next Cam Newton. Man, man, Jeremy Johnson was not good at all. John Franklin III, not good. Sean White, not that good. And everybody's, you know, oh, he's the next Cam Newton. This guy's going to win us to Heisman. This guy's going to take us to a national championship. Didn't happen. Kellen Mond, same thing. Everybody's like, oh, he's going to be as good as Manziel, this, that, and the other. Hasn't happened yet. Has not happened yet. Probably not going to happen. Jim, I mean, but look, they're sitting at a comfortable three and one. They've only got one losses against Alabama. But you got you got Texas A and M. Who came in? Who won this game? It was a battle. I mean, I, I wish I could say it was a battle of defenses because it it really just it really just wasn't. I mean, it was just a lack of. It was just a you know just a. It was kind of a boring game. I kind of I kind of quit watching it after about you know probably second you know sec. I was flipping in between that and a couple other games, and I just I eventually just got tired of it because there was nothing going on. Now I know that this next game that I am about to talk about has nothing to do with the SEC, but I wanted to cover this. I wanted to talk about this because a lot of people are thinking that this coach is going to come back and replace Nick Saban when he retires, whether that's this year, next year, whenever. A lot of a lot of people are thinking that Dabo Sweeney is going to be coming back to Alabama when Nick Saban retires. It's not going to happen. Why would he? He's got a cushion job. Look what he did to Georgia Tech. I'm not going to cover this very long, but I, there's just something that you that 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 I I just want to say this. Shame on you, Clemson. Shame on you. You beat the ever-loving brakes off of these guys. 
at Georgia Tech. 73 to 7. Now I get it. Georgia Tech's not that good. But at some point, you need to look at your team and say, hey guys, enough's enough. We've beat the, we've beat the hell out of them. We've destroyed them mentally. We've got we we've won. Enough's enough. Slow it down. There's no reason that you should st- that after after you go up forty two to seven that your starting quarterback is still in the game. They threw. Clemson throws for five hundred yards. Total yards six hundred six seventy one. 171 rushing yards against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has two fumbles. They have they have an interception, but so does Clemson. They have an interception. I think that was the one that was the scoring drive for Georgia Tech was the one Clemson interception, if 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 I remember correctly. I mean, but they beat the there was no point. There was no point in running it up that high. Dabo Sweeney can stay in the ACC. Please, don't come here. Don't come. Don't come home. If you're going to be playing football like that, we don't want you. Yeah, it looks great when you're trying to stay in first place because you, you you're playing a bunch of teams who are you know the ACC who's down right now, who's not who a lot of teams in the ACC are not that good. They need help. They they need better recruits. They need better coaching. They need better game plans. They need to be playing tougher and stronger and harder and stop worrying about having those soft fast defenses and have big, just the I mean the you know the big tough defenses. Because when you have defenses that can play the whole time, they can play for 60 minutes, those are the defenses that help you win football games because they don't get gassed out. And they can actually hang. They can actually keep up with the receivers that they're trying to cover. You know, my thing is, I bet I bet when um, when Clemson loses their defensive coordinator after I'm, – I'm, I'm projecting that he'll probably be gone either after this year or next year after his, his son graduates – but we'll see how good we'll see how good Clemson really Clemson's defense really was under Dabo Sweeney, or is this really just a Brett Benavol's team that you know he he's able to coach the defense and I mean because he's a great defensive coach he's a great defensive coordinator the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country. I mean he 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 deserves it, but at some point. You got to have some kind of sportsmanship and say, "Enough's enough. We've beat the hell out of them. Let's 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 just stop." Now, the one game that I have wanted to talk about all 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 week is Alabama versus Georgia. Now, listen, this was a game. This was a great game. This was this was. This was my game of the week last week. This was the game that that was I mean, you got number 3 versus number 2. And in fact, Georgia still played so good that they only dropped one spot in the coaches polls. 
they went from being number three to number four. They still played a great game. Total yards, Georgia, Georgia, <clears throat> for total offensive yards, Georgia goes for 414. 269 of that is passing, and 145 of that, 145 of that is rushing. Listen, Georgia had a good game plan. They they were winning. They they go into the half winning. They they did great. They looked good. Everything everything that Kirby Smart had put together was 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 right. But this was the one thing that he he didn't that that a lot of people have 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 underestimated and that is that is Mac Jones. That is this Alabama offense. You've got this week. I mean, you know, this last week Nick Saban was out with COVID. Thank God he had a good recovery. Probably, probably was a false negative because you know I don't know a lot of people that can, you know, on Monday test positive for COVID and then on Wednesday test negative. You know, I mean that's pretty crazy. But you know that you know I w- I'd been hearing chatter all week that you know that Charlie Strong and a few other great defensive minded people were coming in being more hands on with the. Uh, with the defense and everything like that, you know, helping, <laughs> helping, uh, you know, Pete Golding and all these other guys, you know, helping, helping him uh, develop these, uh, these game, this game plan. Because I can tell you this, the Alabama defense that showed up to this game, that showed up to this game versus Georgia at Alabama was not the same defense that we saw a week prior against Ole Miss. These guys were in tune. These guys were getting lined up. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you had your leaders and Dylan Moses coming in, making sure that everybody was in proper formation, that everybody was ready to go because they knew Georgia was going to be quick. Georgia was going to be running the ball. Uh, they're going to be coming up with that scheme. Now, one thing that the Georgia offense doesn't have that we are used to seeing in the past is that big, aggressive, you know, those big – they're big, those big running backs like they they've had in the past, and like Sony Michelle and and Holyfield and and Todd Gurley and all these other big, just you know, big power backs. It's, they're just no longer there. Now, Alabama does have a very good back in Najee Harris. I mean, this guy. This guy. This guy is getting more and more aggressive each game. He's getting more and more comfortable. He's catching the ball. He's, you know, uh, you know, he put that. They did that flea flicker, flea flicker play where he 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 pitched it back to Mac Jones and then picks up the block so Mac doesn't get hit. What a great play by Najee Harris for that uh, for that pass. And then it go. And then uh, you know he bombed it and. Got it down to with got it down within the ten yard line. I mean, what a great play! Alabama came in with the right defense or the right defense and the right offensive mindset. Perfect game plan going into the half, being down, coming back to win the game in the <clears throat> coming back to win the game in the second half. Here again, 
I thought I didn't. I thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. You know, forty-one to twenty-four. I had I had projected twenty-four twenty-seven Alabama, only winning by three. But to come back and to win by almost twenty, to cover the spread was. I mean, it was a great, great game. Um, one that I really thought was just. It, it just ended up being a great game. I mean, it was it was close. It was back and forth, and you had just a lot of powerhouses. And then right there at the end, Alabama pulls it out for the win. Now, this is something that I've been that I've been curious to talk about, and this is the Auburn Tigers and Gus Malzahn. How much longer of this are we going to see? How much longer? How 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 much longer are we going to see a Gus Malzahn led offense or led team? I mean, I've got so many so many people that I know that are Auburn fans that say, "Man, I am so ready for Gus to get out of there." There's too many inconsistencies. It's like watching a high school game with all the trick plays and everything like this uh, and everything that's going on. We've got the recruits. We've got the power. We've got everything that we need. But for some reason, we just can't get it together. So how much longer of this do we have? Right now, this year, you got Auburn with two wins and two losses. I mean, they're so – you got Bo Nix at uh, 78 out of 142. We give him a 54%, 54 point, 54.9% completion rate uh, with 869 yards. Uh, you got Tank Bigsby with 50 carries for 303 yards. Uh I mean, it's just, it's, you know, uh, they have a great, great offense in, uh, you know, Eli Stove, Anthony Schwartz. Well, uh, you know, all right, I'm going to take that back on. I mean, like, Schwartz is fast. He's a great runner. He's got a lot of speed, but that dude needs to work on ball security more than anything. It's like every fifth time he catches the ball, he drops it. Um, <sighs> You got def- you got you got some great in uh, Zacoby McLean and all these other guys. It's they have the defense, but how much longer of the Gus Malzahn? St- just you know, how much more of the Gus Malzahn just garbage are we going to have to you know put up with? Every time this guy this guy starts winning, this guy starts losing. You know, this guy starts losing, he gets put on the hot seat. And that's generally the year that they they you know he beats Alabama and then they give him a contract extension and all the boosters and everybody on social media and everybody in the media is out there going fire this guy because he, he he's not that good or it's time it's time for Auburn to move on it's time for Auburn to move on and get and get get Gus out of there my only concern is that they would take they would get rid of Gus and then. Um, Hire Ch- yeah, Chad Morris as as the coach, and you know we saw what he did at at at, at Arkansas, which was nothing. And then, um, or you know they go after somebody like um like a Charlie Strong at Alabama, who's got who's got uh, defense or who has head coaching experience, 
you know, you try and get, uh, I mean, you try, you try and get a different coach in there, but how much more of this are we going to have? I mean, cause this, this year for Auburn is unless, unless things change, this is going to be a long year for Auburn. This is going to be a long, tough fought year for Auburn. I hate to say it because I love seeing great, great games and great competition in all the games that I watch. But when it comes down to it, Auburn is not going to have the capabilities of, of winning out, of winning out their big games this year. I don't see them beating Alabama. They're, you know, yeah, they're probably going to beat LSU. But this week, you know, you got them coming up against Ole Miss, and that now, granted, Ole Miss, de- old Ole Miss's defense is not very good, so Auburn's going to be able to put up a lot of points on this in this game. But if Auburn's defense doesn't show up and play, so so will Ole Miss's offense. Ole Miss has a very aggressive offense and very very good, very quick. Matt Carroll, really good quarterback. A lot of people didn't see him coming into this season being that good. Ended up being that good. They got a lot of good receivers. They're quick. They're fast. They got that Lane Kiffin style offense that is you know fast up up tempo, and they're not making a lot of mistakes. Now their defense is making a ton of mistakes. You know, with all the all the all the penalties and 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 not being able to stop anybody, but Auburn's going to have to come in and do that one. You got LSU this weekend; they're they're probably going to skate by on this one. They're going to beat LSU. Probably going to beat Mississippi State, but coming in at Tennessee, don't see that one. I see Tennessee. I see Tennessee beating Auburn if they don't make any changes. Alabama gonna beat Auburn this year. Texas A&M probably gonna beat Auburn because these guys are just more aggressive on the defense. They're they're not they're not gonna make as many mistakes. They're not. Bo Nix has kind of been figured out a little bit. Bo Nix, you need to change your game plan. Gus, you've got to stop doing the trick plays. You, I know they're your. They're your signature thing that you do. But, man, this isn't high school. This is college football. I mean, come on, man. You've played, you, you've played in two national championships, and you've won one of them. Come so close to, you know, going a third time but having it taken away. It's just got to change, man. You know, it's got to change. These are th- these are areas that you have to improve on. And so that's that's what that's where I, I pose the question to 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 everybody out there listening right now. What do you want to see happen at Auburn? I mean, who who would you like to see hap- Who would you like to see come in as the coach and and actually give Auburn like a really good chance at winning the SEC and winning another national championship and possibly even getting another another um, another Heisman Trophy and 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 you know, instead of just kind of winning eight, eight games, nine games. Yeah. Last year they won, they what won 10. Yeah. They, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, they beat Alabama last year. 
oh, but you know, we got five in a row. Yeah, that's great. That, that's awesome. But at the same time, like that was a different coach. That was a different time. And the coach he got now, he started off great and he's doing the same thing over and over and over again. And people are figuring it out. You know, yeah, when he when Nick Marshall was there, they were running a, they had an aggressive offense running that RPO because and just couldn't stop because your your defense has just had they had to take on too much. Your linebackers are having to watch the quarterback, the running back, and the wide receivers, and then your you know your your defensive backs and your safeties are all having to come up and cover their people. But then you you know you spread your defense out. You can only rush three, and I mean it's it's absolutely. I mean it was it was crazy back then. But now he doesn't have that that style of offense anymore. So who do, you know? Who do you see coming in as Auburn fans that are listening? What do you want to see happen? Next on the agenda is to talk about this Tennessee offense. Tennessee's offense has struggled so, so much. You know, I mean, this this Tennessee offense has they started off so strong. They start they or they start off stronger than they look now. Um, they're definitely struggling a lot more. They're making a lot more mental errors. You know, one thing that's got to happen here is, I think it's time to move on from 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 a quarterback. I think it's time to put in. Um, I mean, give give Harrison Bailey a, a you know a, a, at least give him a shot. I mean. I mean, Garantano is just making so many mistakes. He did this last year. He he started off strong as the season progresses, progressed, just got worse. Just got worse. He was trying to do his own thing. He was taking off running the ball. And, you know, people say that I've always been a little hard on him because, you know, whatever. They say, you know, uh, but he is. I mean, he's a rogue quarterback. He does whatever he wants. It's not like he – yeah, hey, this year he has proved he's proven to be better. Yes, he he's not doing the, you know, trying to make the plays there there at the half or, or they're, they're in the moment. I mean, and change up change up the play calling and change up everything else. But this guy, I mean, this guy this guy needs this guy needs so much work needs needs to work a, needs to be a lot better because, frankly, let's see. I mean, you. He's already thrown for three interceptions, which isn't, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, that's really not that bad. But, yeah, that's in one game. He's only thrown for 752 yards with uh, his longest pass being 36 yards. You know, he's uh, set his completion rate is – I mean, he's got a good completion rate, but at the same time – you're not winning football games, man. You're not winning football games. You know, if this guy goes drafted, if this guy gets drafted after this year, he's definitely going to be probably a sixth, seventh round draft pick. You know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of places like that that need a quarterback are not going to be pulling the trigger on a guy like this, thinking that he's going to be, he's going to be a, you know, a, 
the face of the franchise kind of deal. You know, he's he's not going to be that that long term quarterback that you're looking at. He might be. Well, we'll give him a shot. If he sucks, then we'll put him on the practice squad. Or he'll be QB two or QB three. You know, he's not going to be QB one. Unless he gets to the league and just proves everybody different. Eric Gray. He's rushed for 298 yards. I mean, that's pretty good. That's on 60 attempts. That gives him a what? Like a yeah, it gives him a five yard average. His longest rush is 22 yards. Scored two two uh, scored two touchdowns on the year. Ty Chandler. Got 52 yards, 200 and, or 52 carries for uh, 238 yards, two touchdowns. And then, Gar- then Jarrett Garantano, 28 attempts. Here's another reason why I think it's time to move on. 28 attempts at rushing for negative 30 yards. Negative 30 yards, but he's got three touchdowns. Yeah, but when you have negative 30 yards, when you have you have nothing to prove, nothing to show for that. I think Jeremy Pruitt needs to needs to make a decision. Um, you know, he's got the right guys on on defense. I think it's time to to stop being nice and you know saying this is our guy. I think it's time to move on. I think it's time to let somebody else take take a chance. Because I mean, Caritano's just not not cutting it. Especially when you've got some you've got some great you got some great receivers and uh, uh, Josh Palmer, Brandon Johnson. I mean, even Eric even Eric Gray's got got thirteen recept thirteen thirteen receptions for one hundred and eighteen yards. I mean, you you've you've got the talent, but you've got the leader who's just not making making it happen. And here's one thing that I did want to talk about. This Kentucky team, where have they come from? Who would have thought that Kentucky, out of everybody in the SEC, was going to be right here where it is, right where they are right now? I mean, seriously, who would have thought that that Kentucky would be Right now, exactly, I mean, that they would have beat Tennessee, that they would have beat Mississippi State, that they only allowed Mississippi State to get a touchback, that you, you, you only, you, you let, you let, you, you, you contained Tennessee to what was it, 14 points? Or seven, no, seven points, excuse me, seven points. Starting off, I mean, you, I mean, you're two and two. You're third in the SEC East right now. Or you're tied for third in the SEC East, I should say. Terry Wilson coming in at you know fifty eight of fifty eight fifty eight of ninety. Sixty four percent, five hundred and sixty four yards. That's not. I mean, listen, that's not that great. It has not been the Kentucky offense that have been winning these last couple of games. It's been the Kentucky defense. 
Mark Stoops has had a great defensive game plan. I mean, what what was what was it they they uh, it was it was what seven interceptions against uh, Mississippi State or seven seven turnovers? That's in, that that is ridiculous. Now, does that go to just prove that that Kentucky's defense is just Kentucky Kentucky football has really just been that great? Or is it just the other teams that they just hadn't had the right game plan? They hadn't been shown, they made too many mental errors, and Kentucky just, just took advantage of those mental errors. I mean, Kentucky could be going in going into this season or ending this season having a pretty good having a pretty good year. Especially for only playing all SEC schedule. They beat Mississippi State. They beat Mississippi State. They beat Tennessee. Good chance they're they're going to beat Missouri. Georgia probably not going to win that one. Vanderbilt, yeah, definitely. I mean, Vanderbilt's really Vanderbilt's. You know, they're they're struggling. They're Vandy, um, as always. Play Florida, South Carolina, and Alabama. I mean, you know, these are <laughs> these are. I mean, this th- this is going to be a this could be potentially a good year for uh, for for Kentucky. I mean, I could see them really. I mean, giving Georgia fits as long as their defense keeps playing the way that they have been. I don't see them winning that game, but I definitely for sure see them giving. I definitely for sure see them giving the Georgia Bulldogs a run for their money, you know, making them struggle a little bit. Vanderbilt, I see them walking all over. Even Florida. I mean, Florida could come in this thing and be, you know, they could, you know, they could they could give Florida fits. Remember, Florida's off for the next two weeks due to, due to a, a COVID outbreak amongst the team. I mean, Dan Mullen's already Dan Mullen came out and said he's tested positive. South Carolina, they can win that one. I mean, where has this Kentucky Kentucky team come from out of this year? Everybody always really suspects in Kentucky to be one of the worst teams in the league, and this year they're actually doing pretty well. They're they're changing they're changing my mind they're changing my mind about them. I really see Kentucky on the rise. You know, next year you're gonna have Terry Wilson gone. You have Joey Gatewood coming in. You know, Joey Gatewood was you know high level recruit. Um, didn't win it. Didn't win the starting job at Auburn. He got beat out by Bo Nix. Transferred to Kentucky. He's now QB two under Terry Wilson. Terry Wilson's probably going to be gone. Probably going to be declaring for the draft this year. Um, we'll see how we'll see what goes on with that. Now, I do want to talk about this because this has kind of been kind of a kind of a big thing with me. Is is I've been, I've been keeping up with the Eisman watch. I definitely think that, um, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit of, uh, you know, we're going to be dealing with a little bit of biased, 
buying stuff with this one. Um, uh, hopefully this year, you know, we'll see something. To me, when it comes down to it, if it, if it comes down to when it's time to time for the Heisman, if if you have an Alabama an Alabama football team under Mac Jones, undefeated, SEC champs. That should be your Heisman Trophy winner. This guy has already proven to be he—he's—he's—he's he's, he's more of a leader. He's got more class. He's—he's he's definitely one of the smart. He was one of the most underrated players, just like Joe Burrow was last year coming into it. Joe Burrow coming into it was extremely underrated. Went undefeated. Yeah, you know, wins the national championship, wins the Heisman Trophy. And then gets you know for, you know first pick of the first round. Trevor Lawrence is gonna be high drafted. He's gonna be picked high because he's Trevor Lawrence. You know he he's he's uh he's that he's that sunshine kid from Remember the Titans. Everybody loves him. Everybody you know, but. If Trevor Lawrence is playing for a different team, is he still the same Trevor Lawrence that we see now? If he's playing, if he's playing at a uh, at you know at a Georgia or uh, a Florida or anywhere else other than at Clemson in the ACC, who you know you're able to score seventy three points on a Georgia Tech team, or do the Heisman Trophy Heisman Trophy the the Heisman voters? see that as a sign of, man, it just looks like you're kind of just begging now at this point. Um, but then you got Mac Jones coming in. Now, this is from ESPN.com uh, getting this, that Trevor Lawrence has 14 of 14 first-place votes. Mac Jones has zero first-place votes, but is in second place with 38 total points for – the Heisman Trophy. Now, I see that the that it's really going to come down to these two. If you know you get, you know, if you get one undefeated, one has one loss. But let's be honest. This is supposed to be this is supposed to be the best best player in the nation. This is supposed to be the best player in the country. And so far, from what I've seen from Clemson. It's just you're playing. You're you. You've got a, a high caliber team in a, in a conference that's not, not that not not up there. Mac Jones definitely in my book should win it. He's smarter. I mean, this guy. This guy's is the only guy. This is the first guy that's now thrown four. Four touchdown passes over over uh, eighty yards in Alabama history. He just complete he just made his fourth one on on Saturday against Georgia. This guy has now beat this guy has now come in and has led his team to victory over the number three team in the country. The only ranked opponent that that Clemson's gonna play well they played Miami they're going to play a top 25 North Carolina. 
and a number f- and as long as as long as Notre Dame doesn't doesn't lose between now and the time that they play Clemson you're going to have a number 4 ranked Notre Dame but Notre Dame probably not going to be able to give them the the run for their money could be wrong hope I'm wrong hope Notre Dame just you know shows up and and plays a really great game that game really do but then you got number three coming in at Travis Etienne from out of Clemson Etienne's good you know let's be honest let this is really you know when when a running back wins wins the Heisman Trophy it's because there wasn't a good quarterback there's yet to be a defensive player win the Heisman Trophy. This is really just who's the best quarterback in the country. And and then you have a couple of running backs in there like Bo Jackson, uh, Reggie Bush, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry. I mean, there's other – yes, there are running backs and a couple of wide receivers in there, but it's really – I mean, this is really just, you know, now it's who's the best quarterback. And – um <clears throat> but this is one this is one that I would have never seen coming out of this year. I've watched a few of these games and they have blown my mind. Zach Wilson out of BYU. I've watched a couple of BYU games. I normally just see BYU on I'm like, "Eh, if it's the only thing on, I watch it." But this year I'm like, "Man, I wonder what BYU is going to do this year." I mean, this guy is this guy's this guy's awesome. This guy, this guy's lighting him up. This guy's past. I mean, this guy is. He's he's thrown four touchdowns on four hundred yards in BY and and uh, in in their win uh, over Houston, a forty three over twenty forty three to twenty six win over Houston. This guy, I mean this this guy. I mean, I watched what he did against Troy and a couple other games that they've played. I mean, this guy, this guy's really good. Now we haven't. They also have number five in here at Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. Haven't seen anything yet because they come back this week. Number six for the uh, Heisman Heisman watch is Najee Harris out of Alabama. Najee Harris, yes, is a great running back. Um, you know, is is actually is actually set to set the record for the most touchdowns by a running back and the most rushing yards uh, at Alabama. And I mean, he's, he's good. Like he's, he's great. He's, he's getting more and more elusive. He's getting more and more aggressive as the weeks go on because he's realizing that, that that's what his team needs. That's what, that's what they need to do to win football games. Do I see Najee really winning the Heisman? I mean, not, not really. I really honestly see it's coming down to a, it's coming down to a Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence. Probably going to be a Trevor Lawrence, but I definitely said, like I said earlier, Mac Jones would have my vote if I had a vote. Now, last on the list is Kyle Trask, a quarterback out of Florida. Kyle Trask is a great quarterback. Um, I think that the two weeks off with COVID is going to hurt his voting, his uh, uh, his voting in the Heisman race. You're going to have guys like Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones and and uh, and 
and uh, Zach Wilson out of you know they're gonna have more more games and more opportunities to play against you, or, or not play against you, but to 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 have better stats and, and better and, and just a, a better overall record against you um, co- going into the end of the season. And so, you know, Kyle Trask, yes, you is a great quarterback. You know. Definitely coming in for Felipe Franks after him going down with that seat, with that knee injury last year, uh, the torn ACL coming in, winning the job back again, and now taking his team to to what he's done. You know, they've got you know Dan Mullen, great great offensive minded coach, great uh, developer of quarterbacks. We've seen that in the past, but. I just don't think there's going to be enough light shined on them. Now, if they come in and win the SEC, they, uh, they win the SEC championship, I definitely see that that's going to boost his credibility or boost his, his chances to win the Heisman, but not so much on um, on anything else. But look, that's all that I got for you guys tonight. Uh, we'll be doing another, another podcast later this week uh, talking about our Go over, going over our picks for the our picks for this weekend. Uh, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, please follow us on Twitter uh, at Saturday SECs. Uh, I do want to make one announcement real quick. So sorry, um, something has gone on with our Facebook. We are working to get this resolved because something happened at Facebook. So we are working diligently to get this resolved. Uh, follow us on Instagram at SEC Saturdays. Follow us on follow us on Twitter at Saturdays SEC. And once the Facebook gets up, bits back up, it will be Facebook.com slash SEC Saturdays. So again, my name is JD Jungas. I am the host of this this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you guys next week. Have a good week. <laughs>